So I guess you could say it's officially audition season, whether you're trying out for drum major, ensemble placement, leadership position, what have you, color guard captain, all that fun stuff. I figured I would tell uh, a couple of quick stories, quick in quotes, about uh, drum major auditions and my experience with them and how there were very two very, very, very different experiences. Uh, don't worry, they have happy endings. Uh, good morning again, Daniel Valdez again, pleasure and honor to talk to you, uh, whether you're listening to podcast form, audio version, or you're listening to the audio version on YouTube because I don't do video because it's just too much work. I got a lot on my plate. Um, so thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk about Texas Bandmasters Association. Why did I stumble through those words? Uh, Texas Bandmasters Association. We'll talk about that next week, uh, how that might impact the marching season, a couple of telling signs for that and possibly why that stuff is going to go uh, virtual. It's going virtual um, and not canceled, but it's just going online. Uh, and that's a very big deal uh, considering everything that's going on. So we'll talk about that. TBA, Texas Bandmasters Association, going virtual, and uh, we'll explore that topic probably next week. But let's talk about drum major auditions. A lot of you, uh, a lot of students, and even some parents, have reached out to me asking for tips and, you know, uh, any sort of tricks or anything like that. I know some programs have already uh, done leadership auditions and they've already picked who's going to be the drum major and who's going to be the section leader and who's going to be color guard captain. And, but a lot of programs are still trying to decide that. And it's a difficult thing to navigate because you're doing it all online. You don't get, again, you don't get that face-to-face -face interaction and people, you know, it's true. People act differently when you're face-to-face -face rather than through a camera. It's just a different experience. So uh, programs are trying to navigate through that for those uh, uncharted waters. But as for me, we didn't have that. Back then, a lot of stuff was done in person. In fact, everything was done. It was done in person. So let's talk about that. I wanted to be the drum major of the band the moment I stepped on the football field. And when I say the moment I stepped on the football field, I mean the the very first day we did our very first movement class. This was back in May of 1999. Yeah, do the math. I'm old. The audition, the ensemble auditions had just come out. In fact, they came out that day. And what was interesting was they would post the results inside the band hall. And, I, and I'll try to paint a picture for you. The band hall was essentially... It was essentially an orchestra hall, band hall combined. It was a decent-sized building. Orchestra room was on one side, but their practice rooms. There was a small little hallway that had bathrooms and um, vending machines. And then on the other side was our great big band hall. And it was all in one building. Uh, they posted the results inside the band hall, but anybody in the school could just walk by and see what who made... Who made uh, you know, fourth chair trombone in the third band. Anybody could see that. I thought that was really interesting. Anyways, that was the day, and I've talked about this before in a podcast like three years ago, and you can listen to it on YouTube. Uh, that was the day that I was going to decide whether I was going to be part of the Churchill Band. Because I was like, okay, I'm going to practice really, really hard, and then if I do well in the audition, I'll continue to I'll be a musician. If not, I'll go try out for the basketball team, or I don't know, go bowl or something. So that was the day. I was like, I had no idea what I was going to do. I had no idea I was going to get. So I go up to the band hall. They told us in advance, hey, they're going to be posted in the band hall. Go up there, see what ensemble you got. 
I go up there, I made wind ensemble, second chair oboist. Awesome. As a freshman, pretty cool. I was like, okay, I guess I'm a musician now. Time to go to practice. <laughs> uh, very regimented style. Uh, so we show up at practice. They introduced a drum major. His name was Steve. He's like, he's a drum major. He's going to be in charge this year. Great. I was like, okay, I want his job. I knew that immediately. I want his job by the time I'm a senior. Here's the secret. I had been buying music scores and batons and music to conduct to since seventh grade. Nobody knew about this. Nobody, when I mean nobody knew about this, like my parents knew it, but like even my best friends didn't know that I was downloading music off of Napster. Look it up, kids. It's the reason why you pay for music now. Downloading music off of Napster and conducting to it with headphones in my room. I've been doing that forever or what it seemed like forever. So I felt like, okay, I, I feel like I'm a pretty decent conductor. I even took a conducting class during a summer music academy at Texas Lutheran University. And I think I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I think I did, but my memory is, it's, it's, it's going, folks. <laughs> Just cut me some slack here. I even took, you know, I took conducting classes and stuff. I really wanted to get it down. Plus, I thought it was fun. Plus, you got to wear a tuxedo. Very sharp. Uh, so I was like, okay, I want that to happen. I want to be the drum major of the band. So you can't start trying out for drum You couldn't start trying out for drum major until you were a sophomore going into your junior year. So I was like, okay. They just said, okay, who wants to try out for drum major? Meet me after school. And by the way, the person, the senior drum major that was leaving, and it was the head drum major was almost always a senior. Very few times was it a junior. But that senior drum major who was leaving would be responsible for the, pretty much the entire audition process. They taught all of the drum major skills. You got to practice. It wasn't you didn't go with a director or anything like that. You went with that drum major. That was kind of the gift that the one of the gifts that the exiting drum major would leave the program. They're gonna teach you everything. They're gonna teach you how to twirl the mace. I'm gonna explain that in a second, because that's a very, very unique thing for my program. Uh, they're gonna show you how to march, basically. Uh, they're gonna show you how to conduct, do Whistle commands, uh, vocal commands, uh, they'll teach you leadership skills, they'll teach you just different scenarios, all sorts of stuff. They were in charge of it. Every now and then, a director would pop in, talk about leadership skills, stuff like that. But for the most part, it was that senior drum major taking care of everything. So sophomore year comes around, I'm doing okay. Going into my junior year, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try out for a drum major. I want to say there were like nine of us at that, at that time. The audition process was a little bit of a blur. I just was really, really focused on it. I wanted to do the best that I could. I eliminated a lot of distractions. Uh, I just really focused on it. Here's how the audition process worked. It was essentially a three-pronged attack. You auditioned for drum major in front of the entire band. I don't know how common that is now, um, but that's how we did it. You auditioned in front of the entire band. It was after school in the main gym. Attendance was required. All the entire band was there. You did um, you did the mace routine. You did uh, marching. You had to basically march in a rectangle, eight to five step size, in the gym, completely silent in front of the entire program. Yeah. Uh, you had to do whistle commands, you had to do vocal commands, you had to do 
pattern conducting, again, completely silent in front of the entire band. Then after that portion, you had to conduct a prepared piece, usually the closer to last year's marching show. So you had to conduct that, and they gave you the score to it and everything, and they gave everybody recordings, and they made sure everything was fair. After that, you had to do uh, an interview with the three judges that were, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, three judges were there audition, uh, evaluating your audition. They were usually high school or middle school directors from around the area. They'd hire three people to come in, evaluate you on that. The directors would evaluate there. That whole process, that whole thing in front of the gym and that whole audition process in uh, the practice room where you're answering questions and you know doing that whole thing, that's all one part. The judges evaluate you, they do it on a score sheet, and they pick a winner out of that. That's part one. Part two was the student vote. After the audition process was over, the portion that was held in the gym, students were handed a piece of paper. They said, circle one name. Who do you want to be the drum major? They'd circle, hopefully, your name. They turned the paper in. That was part two. Part three was, of course, going to be the directors. They would get together and they would look at who the judges thought were number one, was number one, who the students thought were number one, and usually, most of the time, those aligned. And if they aligned, then the directors were comfortable with it, they would make their decision. Because of visual programs becoming more complicated, and because because the activities evolved so much, you typically don't hear about a head drum major, field conductor sort of situation. But that's kind of what we did. We always had a drum major on the 50-yard line. That was the head drum major. They made sure... Our program made sure that, like, no, this person is the guy. Or this person is the... This woman is in charge. This is the head drum major. And then the other two were called field conductors. Essentially, we were just... If you want to call it assistant drum majors, that's fine. I mean, anytime we went to UIL, anytime we went to BOA, we were all called we were all called drum majors. It was just something that our program did just to make the designation of, hey, this person's the head drum major. Fine. So they picked that one, and then usually a couple of days later they picked the field conductors or wherever. Uh, we still wore the same drum major uniform and all that stuff. So sophomore year comes around. I try out for drum major. I felt pretty confident about it. Here's the thing. There's one portion that I've mentioned, and you're probably asking, what the heck is mace twirling? Well, here it is. Winston Churchill High School obviously has a lot of British, British ties to the school. There's a Union Jack painted that was painted back in the 60s that's still on the building of the, on the, the old building of the school. It's still there. Uh... How much of a tie does it have to British stuff? Here it is. On the drum major uniform, like the traditional drum major uniform, and if you go to my Instagram page, you'll see a you'll see a uh, photo of it at Dampod Valdrez. On the uniform, there is a, a quote blood red sash that is part of the uniform. That red sash was given to a British war hero a very long time ago, and it was given to him by Queen Elizabeth. When the war hero passed on, the family bequeathed this sash that was given to him by Queen Elizabeth to the band. Yes. So I can literally say that I've worn something that Queen Elizabeth touched. To me, not a big deal. But for some of you who watched the royal wedding and held royal wedding parties, uh, you're probably swooning right now. Don't worry. I'll hand up my number later. 
Uh, <laughs> so that was a big deal. So p- part of the audition process, and it was only like ten percent of the of the the uh, judges' score sheet. It was something called mace twirling. Here it is. As part of the uniform, there is a traditional British mace. It almost looks like an oversized scepter that uh, dignitaries would spin whenever, like somebody would come, like somebody important would come in. They'd spin that thing just to kind of introduce, like, here is the Earl of Sandwich or whatever. I don't know. So that was part of. It was almost tradition. We almost never did it. We would do it like the first two football games when we weren't uh, performing a competition show. But other than that, the uniform stayed in the closet. The mace stayed uh, wrapped up. Like, we never touched that thing. But it was considered tradition, and it was like a nice little homage to drum majors past. So you had to prepare that. Uh, You had to prepare a 30, 45-second routine where you're spinning that thing. Now, keep in mind, this thing is about four feet tall. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty lengthy. Um, it's not that heavy, but the actual one was very heavy. The actual one has, it's, it's wrapped in chains. No, I'm serious. It's wrapped in chain, not yarn chain. So you had to wear special gloves in order to spin it. The practice ones we had were made out of wood. It was tradition for anybody who was, uh, who had tried out in the past, who was going to leave the program to, um, pass on those practice wooden maces to folks that were going to try out. And we almost never had an issue with there being too few or somebody not wanting to give it up. So anyways, 30, 45 second mace routine. You can watch them online. Uh, yeah, so that was, it, it was a small portion of the mace routine, a small, small portion of the drum major routine, but, but it was considered probably the most important one because you're dealing with tradition. And number two, it is the first impression. It's the very first thing you do, you did in front of the entire band. So if you're a sophomore like me, like I was, everybody kind of knows you're a mu- good musician, but they don't really know your personality yet, or they don't know if you're going to be right for the job. That is definitely something you would really want to focus on. Because I mean, you're dealing with teenagers. They're gonna they're gonna give you a chance. They're gonna watch ten seconds of what you're doing. They don't like what you're doing. They're going to tune you out for the rest of the audition. It doesn't matter how much, you, how well you march. It doesn't matter how well you conduct. It doesn't matter how loud your command calls are. I need to get their attention right away. So I worked on that thing day and night. I never worked at it at school. That was kind of an unwritten rule. Don't show the, the rest of the auditionees your maze routine. Don't show them the tricks that you came up with. Don't show them anything like that. So I didn't. I would just practice very basic tosses. I enlisted the help of a couple of friends in ROTC, stuff that they would do with their rifle, and uh, I incorporated that into my mace routine, and it became pretty popular. Got everybody's attention, had people cheering for me whenever I would go up. Keep in mind, you're in front of the entire band, and it's silent. There's no music to the mace routine or anything. It's just the sound of wood hitting your hand, and hopefully not hitting the ground. So that thing happens. Then they call us in um, a couple of weeks later to the practice room. It was right before school was about to let out. They gave us a pass to leave like five minutes beforehand. Actually, you know what? I want to talk about the day of the audition because those are the main differences. The day of the audition, they gave us a pass to leave 30 minutes before class ended. 
uh, we would have 30 minutes after class was over to put on the uniform, uh, make sure everything's good, and just relax. We were allowed to use the orchestra room to kind of just veg out before we went out there and did the whole audition process. Cause it was pretty stressful. I thought I was going to do okay, but I think about auditions very differently than most people. I either go in there with no expectations or all the expectations. It's very difficult for me to find a middle ground there, and I still have issues with that. Go figure. Um, sophomore year, I went in with no expectations. People kind of know who I am, but you know what? If they don't vote for me or the directors don't think I'm worthy of it yet, that's no problem. At least I know I'm going to go out there and do the very best I can. We'll see where the chips fall. Pass 30 minutes to let out before before the final bell. I let my Spanish teacher know, yes, I had to take Spanish. I took Spanish for seven years through middle school and high school. It was the reason I wasn't allowed to take music theory, which I really wanted to do. It was one of the reasons I wasn't allowed to take jazz band. My parents basically said, you're taking Spanish or we're throwing you in the river. Fine. So I hand the pass to my Spanish teacher, and she goes, well, I don't know, we got a full lesson, if there's time at the end, I may be able to let you go, I'm like, oh god, this is not what I need right now, so sure enough, we go through the entire class, a full hour and ten minutes, or whatever it was, and I'm freaking out, I'm not paying attention to anything she's saying, because all I'm thinking about is how the heck am I going to get through this audition without, you know, messing my pants up, so, uh, (laughs) very graphic, So finally, it's like five minutes before class ends, and then she finally stops her lesson. And then I go up to her, I was like, hi, I got my pass, can I go? She goes, oh my gosh, Daniel, I'm so sorry, go ahead and go. Class, go ahead, Daniel's trying out for a drum major, good luck. And everyone's like, ah, whatever. So so I ran down to the band hall, uh, put my uniform on, did the drum major audition, finished that whole thing up. Cut to three weeks later, we're in the practice room. They get all the drum majors together, all the drum major auditioners together. They go, okay, we're going to announce the two field conductors. It's going to be Paige, who was awesome. I'd known her forever because we went to the same middle school. To get, uh, we went to the same middle school together, and um, she was a year above me. So she was going to be a senior drum major. She's going to be a senior field conductor. Then they announced my name, and I was like, what? <laughs> you, sure, you sure about that? You want to check that again? So yeah, I got announced as one of the assistant drum majors going into my junior year. Very cool. And then they named Andy uh, the senior head drum major, and he was great. I loved working with him. So that whole thing happened. So I was like, great. Now I've got something under my belt. Now I can go into the audition process next year and really rock the house. Great. Not a problem. So I went from that going into junior year, going to senior year. Now I've got all the expectations. Now it's almost like if I don't get head drum major, it will be a massive failure. I don't think there was, I don't think there was a single time when somebody was an assistant drum major. Well, I shouldn't take that. I'll, I'll go ahead and scrap that idea. Anyways, that whole process goes through. And of course I know everything that's going to happen. I know exactly what we're going to do. I know uh, the conducting patterns. I've I've basically done everything. Everything was just kind of a formality, but I still wanted to work hard to make sure because you can always get better at stuff. So here's the deal. The day of the audition was very different than the day of the audition my sophomore year. I took a class called Web Mastering my junior year. It was basically, hey, here's how to build a very rudimentary um, web page using HTML and using very, very rudimentary things of Java. Fine. So I did that. One of the 
reasons why people took this class was because at the end of the year, you got to take a field trip to David Buster's. Half of the morning portion of the field trip, you were in a conference room and you were listening to, you know, IT people that would work at USAA or something like that. And they would talk about their jobs and how computers are super awesome. Keep in mind, this is the early 2000s. Morning portion, conference style, that sort of stuff. Then for lunch, you were introduced to a buffet of uh, crispy chicken tenders, mashed potatoes, gravy, fries, all sorts of stuff. Unlimited sodas, all that great stuff. Then you got to play video games the rest of the afternoon uh, in an empty Dave and Buster's. It was awesome. I had a lot of fun. Uh, that awesome trip happened the day of my uh, junior drum major audition. Same day. I almost didn't make it. <laughs> I almost didn't make it back to the school because I could never get an answer as to why or as, as to when we were going to get back to the school. It was an all-day trip. Some people said, oh, you know, we would get back after school like at 4.30. I'm like, well, that can't happen. So I asked the teacher, I said, how long is this going to be? And she says, I don't, we should be back by the time school lets out. I was like, uh, do I really want to go on this thing? It's kind of a risk, but I was like, uh, I'll put my faith in, I'll put my faith in this whole thing. And I'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll go on the trip. Sure enough, we ended up getting back an hour before the drum major audition. So I had an hour to do absolutely nothing. I had a pass to get out of all of my classes. So there was no point in going back to class. Two things. My friends made me a hype CD that we played in the parking lot. Now, parents, I'm sorry to say this, but the CD was filled with some of the most foul-languaged rap lyrics you will ever hear in your entire life. But I was listening for the beat, so whatever. Uh... <laughs> We were blasting that in the parking lot. Now, keep in mind, school is still in session. <laughs> but we're blasting this in the parking lot and wrapping along with it. I'm having a great time. Here's the other thing. Uh, about a month prior, we had a day off for something. I don't know what it was. It was, some, it was one of those. It was either a, a Monday holiday or it was a teacher in-service day because they like to pepper those in throughout the school year. So we were just basically told, hey, don't come to school Monday. Fine. Here's what we used to do. We used to go on those Mondays, we used to go to HEB, buy really cheap three liter soda, and then buy like 10 pounds of dry ice. I'll go ahead and let you do the chemistry equation in your head. <laughs> but that's what we would do on Monday. No, we wouldn't be hurting anybody or anything like that. We would do them like in a field, completely safe, but still, whatever. Well, we were driving along in the back of my pickup truck, and we drove by this one place. It's a, uh, it was what? It was like a, it was like a, a I think it's called like the Rockstar Academy. It's a small little studio where uh, local musicians could go and just put down beats or lay down tracks or something like that. So there were signs outside the studio. It was like, "Vote for Dan So and So, City Council, whatever." It was one of those stupid election signs well on the back of it it was a texas flag and in each part each of the colors of the texas flag it said go dan go so my friends were like that's awesome so they took a couple of those signs and they waved those things around during the drum major audition <laughs> so it was weird because the go dan go sign the go dan go portion would face towards me 
but everybody sitting behind them would see vote for Dan so-and-so city council. And they're like, what the hell's going on? Like, ugh, fine. So that was great. So I went from drum major audition, really, really relaxed, to sophomore thing. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So we do the drum major process. That whole thing happens. I go up there, do my thing, finish up. Uh, a couple of weeks later, our director announced that he was going to do something a little bit different. Now, here's the thing. Sophomore year, the way they announced the drum major to the band was during the closing announcements before school let out. They'd be like, hey, make sure to leave the band parking lot. Hey, uh, make sure tomorrow something, something. It was for the entire school. And then they would go, oh, and by the way, the drum major of the band is so-and-so, and the field conductors are this. And everybody would be like, uh, whatever. Uh, that's how they announced it to the band. Our new director wanted to do something with a little bit more pomp and circumstance. So he said he was going to announce it at the spring concert in front of everybody. And it was going to be like a whole little thing. Not necessarily a ceremony, but just, you know, like an official change of the guard. Fine. About two weeks before the spring concert, we were doing one of our movement classes. Of course, I'm a part of it. And he called me into the office. I was like, what's up? And he goes, well... You're the only drum major auditioner, the auditionee, who hasn't asked me whether they got it, not even jokingly. So I'll just go ahead and tell you, you're going to be the head drum major. And of course, I breathed a sigh of relief, even though I thought I had a really good chance of getting it. And I was like, Whew. well, thank you very much. I shook his hand. I was like, okay, time to get to work. They announced it in front of everybody. Um, and it was really neat. <laughs> and I got to be the drum major. I got to be assistant drum major junior year, and I got to be the head drum major sophomore year. Sophomore year, uh, sophomore year. Sorry, assistant sophomore year, head junior year, going into senior year. Um, my senior year, we got to go to Grand Nationals. We got to go to state contest. I've talked about those two experiences before on previous podcasts. I was very lucky. I was very very lucky because um, the previous year we had just there was no state. And we just did two contests in, we did one contest in Houston, one contest in San Antonio. That was it. I was very lucky to be the head drum major of a nationally and state recognized program and be able to go to those contests and be able to get those and be able to handle those situations. It was, I was, I'm one of the luckiest people ever. <laughs> um, as far as leadership tips and as far as drum major stuff, my, I guess my whole point is you don't start auditioning for this stuff when the director says, hey, we're going to start taking applications for auditions. That's not when it starts. The directors already know from the moment you walk on the field who's going to, you know, they already have their eye on people. They're already taking mental notes and some of them even take physical notes. They already kind of know who the next leaders of the program are going to be. You audition from how you act on the field. You audition with how you act off the field. And I know that's a little bit of hypocritical for me to say, seeing that I was making dry ice bombs uh, <laughs> weeks before the biggest audition of my life. Um, but all that stuff is taken into account. Your grades are taken into account. Everything, it's, it's all a cumulative package. You have to think of it that way. It's not just one thing. That puts you over. It's the total package, and honestly, that's a good that's a good that's a good attitude to have because in life, when you get to be an adult, everything 
is a total package. Everything, one aspect of your life bleeds into another, unless you're a psychopath. So, <laughs> unless you're Dexter. So, my advice to everyone is just, you know, you've already put, you've put in more work into this than you realize. So, that should help calm your nerves a little bit. Now, if you're underprepared, that's eh, a little bit of a different story. But if you've played your cards right, and you've practiced, and you're a good citizen of the band and a good citizen of Earth, you've got a shot. I've had people reach out to me saying, well, I'm not sure if I should try out for audition. I'm not sure if I should audition for section. I'm not sure if I should do this. Do it. Go for it. What's the worst that could happen? You get so much credit, not just from people, not just from the directors or staff, but you get so much credit amongst your peers just putting yourself out there. I had people tell me later on, like, hey, we were really surprised that you were going for it. We kind of didn't know that you were going for it. But we're glad you did. Because, you know, it showed that you cared. And sure enough, they, little did they know they were talking to one of the biggest band nerds ever created. So those are my drum major audition stories. I hope they were fun. I guess they were. Uh, <laughs> so... Anybody who's trying out for leadership auditions and all that stuff, hey, let me know how it goes. Good luck to you. If you've, if you've got a position, congratulations. If you didn't get a position, trust me, you can still contribute to the band. Everybody thinks that, oh, I didn't get a fancy title, therefore I'm just going to be one of the nameless faces. That's a, that's a terrible thing. To, that's a terrible attitude to have. The best thing you can you need to be helping your band program the best you can, especially now. Especially now, especially when things, especially when the fall season is very, very uncertain. I am done here. I'm going to go enjoy the rest of my day off. I hope you all are well. I hope you all are safe. We're going to talk about TBA next week and uh, I don't know, some other stuff that comes up. But anyways, wanted to get the auditions out of the way. I hope you enjoyed my stories and I will talk to you tomorrow. Y'all take care. Adios. Bye-bye.